Welcome everybody to an episode of Studio Insights with the team at Bell Vista Studios. We got Victoria, Hannah, and myself, Kim. And hello. Uh, this is an opportunity where we um, ask each other questions based on things we want to learn from the other person or things that we appreciate. And we'd like to know how they do it so we can do it and improve and be better. So we prepare questions and do this live and then you guys can learn. So who would like to ask the question first? You go, go first. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. <laughs> All right. My question is for Kim. Um, so I want to know what advice you have for people who get stuck when they're trying to create something. Um, I've just found like we'll brainstorm ideas. We come up with like really cool things we can do for projects. I'm really excited to do it. And then like I have a go at actually creating it and maybe one element of it doesn't work or it just doesn't, I make it and it doesn't look how I want it to. But um, I find I get like, I'm stuck on one idea that's not working, but I would like want it to work or that doesn't work. And then I'm still kind of stuck on it and can't think of something else then. So I just want to know more about how you can get past that so you're not wasting time. I think um, the first thing I would say is decide on a time that you're willing to be stuck on and put a time limit on it. So I think 10 minutes is more than enough that if you're stuck, you need to do something different, right? Um, and that doing something, so decide on a time for yourself right now. I'm willing to be stuck for half an hour and stuck doesn't mean you're figuring it out and still trying to like solve the problem. Stuck means like, I don't know what to do next. So are you going, and that might look like staring at the screen <laughs> and making no progress. So how long are you willing to do that for? For me, it's 10 minutes. Cause then I know if I can't do anything in 10 minutes, I am stuck. I need help. So then what does that help look like? For me, it's, different depending on my mood or what I'm trying to do. So for example, just to give some examples, I think you will have where you can learn it for yourself is where have I been stuck in the past? And when I got help, what did that look like? Or what help do I need right now to what will actually help me move forward? Um, so yeah, looking at the past, or what specifically will help me solve the problem that I'm facing right now and seeking a solution. So for me, what that looks like is sometimes I call my team, call you guys. I say, Hey, I'm stuck on this help. And then you just give another perspective and quite quickly, you're normally able to help me get through that really quickly. And I'm like, Oh, I've just been looking at it too long or, Oh, you've shown me a different perspective. So that helps with the momentum. And then I can keep going. Sometimes what I find very useful is going for a walk. So for something, for me, movement is really good to move. I'm walking. I don't bring my, I bring my phone from a perspective of taking notes, but I'm not on my phone and I'm not listening to anything. So that I'm in the head with momentum and solving the problem. And then quite quickly, I'll be like 200 meters away and I'm like oh it's that simple and then I'll continue on the walk until it's fully resolved but I might have to stop multiple times on my walk to write my note in my phone so that when I come back I have a clear plan 
Um, I think the question then is also, you know, why are you stuck? So you said like things aren't working, um, was an example of you getting stuck. Like you've tried yeah. it, but it's not working. So they're like, you can keep researching, but there becomes a time when you've exhausted your research. Is it quicker to pick up the phone and share your screen and go help me or sending your file to someone else? Um, getting stuck. Is there any other more specific stuff? Um, well, yeah, I guess it's kind of like I get stuck, but then there's another thought process I go through. If it's like, for example, the project we had last week, we all brainstormed, came up with an idea and then I'm like that's the idea that we're going with so if I can't fully get that idea to work I want to have alternatives maybe but I want to come to you with something but it's like I can't get past <laughs> the initial thing not working to think what else can I do and actually come to you with something instead of just like nothing works I need help because <laughs> that's the, I feel like that's the mood I get in when I'm like I can't get things <laughs> I can't get things working how I want <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't think of anything else. And I just feel really like I have nothing to like offer. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like you're just like in that mood where it's like, this isn't working. I can't think of what else to do, but I want to have, I want to like make progress, but I don't know how to. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think it's like wanting to do it on my own a bit. Like before I come to you, I want to be like, this didn't work. So I've tried this, but I can't always get to that point. And I think then, so we've, worked on this and the past is like is it am i facing a problem have i tried to get to a solution and sometimes we don't know all the solutions right mm -hmm. but it, i think it's permission as a team to say to each other like and this is it right now is if you're stuck come to us and that yeah. permission is there but like i guess what i'm hearing you say is that you don't it, you don't want to not come to us and be perceived as like not trying or not able or mm. not capable. So there's that kind of, I don't want to be useless. Like I want to contribute, yeah. you know, so <laughs> that plays through our heads and how we are like, I know personally how I receive it is if you come to me and you say, look, I'm stuck. This is the problem. These are all the things that I've tried. Mm -hmm. I'm just not getting anywhere. I need help. Sweet. Yeah. You have permission. Come to me. It's a different story if you go, I'm stuck. I've tried nothing. And then I'm yeah. like, yeah. go back and try something. Like, <laughs> use your brain. Like, <laughs> so it's, there's a different thing. And you never come to me and say, I'm stuck. I haven't tried anything. Yeah. So yeah. I know, that, and like, and in future, keep doing it. But um, I know when you're stuck that you have tried to problem solve and you're like, I tried this and then I got a roadblock and then I, so I pivoted and I tried this. Any leader is there and any team is there to support for the common goal. Mm -hmm. So, and we work together to that common goal, which means that at some point we will all get stuck. But as long as we're not giving up and when you have tried to the best of your ability, that's not you giving up. That's I've tried to the best of my ability and I can't go any further. I'm committed to this goal, but it's going to take something else and it's going to take teamwork. So let's do it together. Help me. And then we go, you go moving forward. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's good advice. It makes me feel better. <laughs> 
So what would you do differently next time? Or do you, first of all, has that resolved? Do you feel better about it and it's resolved for you and the problem that you are facing, you can move forward with? Yeah, I think it is good because it, I just need to like reframe things in my mind because I've, I, well, before I kind of felt like even if I tried stuff, if I'm not coming to you with like any actual output kind of thing or, well, I'm just trying. So the example from last week was like I was developing two screens, had an idea, I developed like the base of them. Yeah. But I wanted to like take it to the next level and I couldn't get it there. And to me that felt like I have nothing to show you, but it's like I've, I had tried stuff, but I couldn't get any of it to work. And I was like, I don't want to just show it to you at the base level that you were like, would have expected me to start with kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's not that there might not be like a physical output from it, but I've still tried things. So it's, yeah, I need to think about that differently. I think. And I think it's, breaking down the task that you're so you were given this is the outcome you need to achieve as per your task yeah but within that are multiple smaller tasks mm. so sometimes i think it can be very like if i think about how i work i get very overwhelmed with multiple tasks to achieve so i have to write down okay i need to develop two scenarios this was the output, right? Two scenarios and they have to be really high caliber e-learning, right? Mm -hmm. What is contained within that? Okay, so high caliber, what does that look like? That's the question I'm writing down. What does that look like? That's something I need to discover, right? Because I don't know if I know the answer to that. I don't know if I know what the client's expectations of that are, what my boss's expectations of that are. Then I'd be looking at, what do, how does that compare to projects we've done in the past and where does it sit? Another thing I'd write down, just questions for myself. I'm trying to understand the, the high level goal, that outcome I'm trying to achieve. What is everything within that? And so I'll have a series of questions for myself that I need to figure out and mini tasks. So what it sounds like happened was that you completed one of the mini tasks, which was to get the foundation right. If we think about e-learning slides, master um, slide setup, colors, the buttons, all that themed to the client. Step one, mini task one. You identified that was required, but then you didn't have a plan for getting from there to the ultimate goal. So it would be taking a time to pause and going, okay, how do I close the gap? What is missing? What do I need to do to get it from the base level foundation? I've achieved this task to next level e-learning best scenario I've ever created. And what does that look like? Am I clear on what it looks like? No, not yet. What am I going to do to get clear on that? I'm going to research some ideas. I'm going to jump on Instagram. I'm going to watch some of the show episodes, all different things like that to get inspiration. When I have my inspiration, then what am I going to do? I'm going to clearly identify out of that ex those um, in inspirations that I've picked up. You might screen grab them or whatever and have them all in the Word document. I'm going to clearly go, that one works for the scenario I'm designing. Okay, let me try and create that. That's the next step. And then I think you'll get to a point where you get like stuck again because you need to do this process again. You've experimented. It might not look like the inspiration that you wanted. 
and then you need to pause, ask questions, what's my goal of this task? And it's continuously doing that. I think you're always clear on that. I know you're the kind of person that takes initiative and tries and exhausts all avenues until you actually are stuck and you need help. So know that. But then the second part of it is asking for help, planning. You need to plan your task very clearly so that you know to get to next steps so that you're not overwhelmed. And what does that look like step by step? And with a clear plan, it becomes easier to achieve. And it's just taking one step at a time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I definitely do try and jump from like, <laughs> this is what it looks like now and this is the end thing. And I'm just like, I don't know how to get it there. But breaking it down would definitely help with that. Mm -hmm. Thanks. <laughs> oh. Uh, cool. Next. <laughs> just on that before we move on I've because I've been working on doing that as well Vic to some extent like learning to plan tasks better because I do really struggle to like break it down and sometimes I can miss parts or I don't quite meet the goal that I'm trying to achieve and I've created a template so <laughs> I'll send that through to you and potentially that could add value to you to help you like break down your task because I've got it where it's like task one task two task three and they're all the tasks that will help you close the gap to meet the overarching goal. Yeah, that's Thanks. What, do you have that handy, Hannah? Um, I do, yes. Do you wanna just call out your headings quickly for people yeah. that are watching? It might help other people as well, because it's, it's a common thing that people face. Basically, this I think will be any, if you've watched any of the other episodes where I'm like, hey, there's a goal and a current state, how do you get there? And I'm thinking Hannah has come up with a framework for herself that she can apply for her tasks. And these tasks can be anything from responding to an email to developing an e-learning screen to storyboarding to having a client workshop. Yeah. So it's a table and at the top of the table I have like what is the task so it's just an overview of what the task is underneath i have what's the problem so what problem am i trying to solve um underneath that i have the goal so what goal am i trying to achieve so becoming really clear on that goal before getting into the planning and then from there i have tasks to close the gap between the problem and the goal so for example i wrote a blog and i have around i have 10 tasks that i need to do to close the gap to reach the goal of what the blog is needs to achieve. So Kim communicated to me what she wanted to achieve from the blog and what she wanted us to put out into the community and learn ourselves. So I made sure that every single task was listed um, to help me to reach that goal. And then I have like an achieved column. So I basically, as I go through and complete my task, I tick off once I've achieved each of the tasks. And then at the end, I know I've completed all the tasks that I've identified as needing to be done to reach the goal. And I know that I can now hand over the task because I've met the goal. So if you're, um, for you using your template there, you had, what's the task? What's the problem that you're trying to solve, which was a blog. And this is the intent of the blog. Mm -hmm. Can you just give us two or three examples of the tasks that you identified for yourself to close the gap? Yeah. So the task was, 
The first one was I needed to include in the blog an attention grabbing statement. Do you want to um, explain how to add value to the reader's life? So basically I had different tasks that reminded me of what I needed to include in terms of content in the blog. Um, I also had check spelling and grammar was a task I needed to do. I needed to choose an appropriate title using our process. Um, I needed to check that everything was referenced. I needed to give Kim permission to view and edit the blog. Um, yeah, there's more, but that's basically yeah. sort of No, thing. that's helpful, I think, for people to see. Mm -hmm. It is creating checklists for yourself so mm -hmm. that you don't lose any gaps. So that is a new um, process for you. It like like you write really good blogs and like I don't give you feed like barely any feedback. So that's a task you do quite well anyway, but then you then applied this process that we're discussing at the moment to your most recent one. How did that impact how you approached and the outcome of the task for yourself? Um, I think I've only just done it this morning. So I'm just reflecting. Uh, I think it was like I felt more confident handing it over because I knew that I had met each of those points where in the past I was probably like, I'm sure I have met all of them, but I, I feel like my level of confidence was higher this morning. Um, yeah, I think it was mainly confidence seeing that I'd met all of the different points and also being clear on what my process is. Cause I know Victoria asked me, what's your process for writing blogs? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's hard to even think of that. Cause I've done it so often. It's sort of like second nature for me. So it was good to review my process and make sure that I wasn't missing anything. Um, like for example, like something as minor as giving Kim permission to view and edit the blog, like the amount of times that I've forgotten to do that. And Kim's booked out time to review the blog and she can't even see it like something that minor can have a big impact. So putting something like that there, like I knew this time that I'd covered everything. Um, and probably the last thing as well is the goal. So I think in the past, like I'd be like, oh yeah, Kim wants me to write a blog on this. And then I sort of create my own meaning of it and move forward and don't always think back or look back to what exactly what Kim asked, like what perspective to come from or what to focus on. And I think it was really good because I went through and I was like, okay, this is what Kim asked. And I wrote it down as Kim was telling me. I referenced exactly what you wanted. And I made sure that there was content in the blog that met both of those things that you'd requested. Whereas in the past, like I may have just gone off on a tangent and done what I thought was right. And it may not have met what you were expecting or wanted out of it. And when I think about client projects, like that would make such a big difference because if a client requests something specific and you go off and do something different, that's not going to be a good thing. So I think it's, yeah, on reflection, I'm reflecting as we speak, those would be the things. Yeah. And that is just instructional design. Yeah. And what you're talking about there is a learning objective yeah. and making sure that your things help achieve the learning objective. So lots of transferable skills. Good question, Vic. You got us into a very meaty discussion. <laughs> you wanna, are you guys both satisfied with that one? Or you wanna move on to the next one? Yeah. Can I jump in? Cause it actually, my question relates to what we've been discussing. Um, so I think it's like a deeper level into that. Hannah, I wanted to ask you about, so your most recent blog, um, tell us about the topic and then I'll ask my question. 
Okay, so the blog was on the law of diminishing returns. So it's a principle that says that if you increase one factor, but keep the other factors stagnant, then potentially an increase in that factor may not produce the results that you desire. If that makes sense. <laughs> I can give examples to make it. Yeah, more give better. us an example, I think. <laughs> so an example is say that you owned a cafe. So the cafe, the size of the cafe, where the cafe is, is fixed. That doesn't change. But if you say, oh, I'm going to hire more workers because I want to improve our results. I want to earn more money. Um, so I'm going to hire more workers and that will result in better business results for me. But if you keep hiring more workers, it's going to get to a point where you're adding so much more and the cafe is not getting bigger. You're not getting more materials. You're not getting more ingredients to make food. It's going to get to the point where adding more workers is going to result in either no improved results. So it could stay the same. And then it, as it goes further, it's going to be diminished results because it's going to get so crowded. There's not going to be enough materials. The customers aren't going to be happy because it's not going to be like, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it sounds like um, there becomes a point in time a threshold is met and when you go beyond that the return is less yeah okay so for me i see um i'd love to get your insight on what you've learned from that and how it applies to perfectionism in us as practitioners so if i think about us as a team or anyone watching this there will be a point in time where you need to stop and it's your perfection like you can stop that limit of diminishing return has been hit but a perfectionist may keep going so i'd love to get any insight or tips that you might be able to share on that um something that i came across through my research and that i sort of fit, like explained in the blog was I'm thinking perfectionists would probably want to learn everything and become really good at everything. Um, let me know if this isn't answering your question, but I think this could be an example of how perfectionists could get in trouble with this law. Um, so if you try and learn lots of things at once, you might think that it's going to result in you being a better, more skilled, more knowledgeable person because you've got all of these learning goals. Like you might be learning action mapping, you might be learning human-centered design, you might be learning how to storyboard, you might be learning how to present on video, you might be learning how to write blogs, it could be all these things. And you'd think if someone was learning all those things, they'd be more skilled and a better person. But it gets to the point where if you put, if you start learning too much at the one time, you become, your performance either doesn't increase at all or it becomes less because you come, become overwhelmed, there's cognitive overload. Um, so potentially when perfectionists are repeating uh, are completing tasks if they're trying to get everything perfect and focusing on every single thing to make sure it's exactly right and spending heaps of time the product might not necessarily get better it could get worse because you're trying to focus on too many different things does that make sense Victoria you look a bit confused <laughs> well I'm just trying to think with that example like if you don't focus on everything aren't you gonna miss stuff and then there'll be mistakes well i think you would focus on learning one thing at a time and mastering that one thing but yeah that is a good point 
with tasks. Like you sort of need to, but I guess it's like what we talk about, Kim, you don't have to get things at a hundred percent. Would you say that? Well, I think I agree. Like, I love that insight. I think that's really cool. Um, and I think if we think about the, yeah, getting the tasks a hundred percent right, what is a hundred percent right? Mm. Unless we have a clear checklist or a clear benchmark, then a hundred percent right is subjective. Mm. So being very clear on these are the things I need to achieve, going back to your um, mm. thing that you shared with us is that will help us get to that level. Now, where I see it being useful in terms of what we're talking about now is you've completed your checklist. Sometimes perfectionists, or I'm just labeling people as perfectionists, but sometimes um, I don't necessarily mean you're perfectionist, but sometimes 80% is good enough because your 80% is different from someone else's 80%. So if we are trying to get rid of that subjectivity, we need a checklist. What the checklist allows us to do is not check our work a hundred times or three times or four times. What it does is I've achieved my checklist. I'm going to review it once and now it's ready to move on to the next stage. So that's how I see that playing out. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. There was another example as well, which I thought was cool. It was saying like, if you try and get quicker at things. So it was an example with reading a book. So if you increase the rate that you read pages, so let's say you firstly you read 50 pages an hour, and then the next hour you read 60 pages an hour, and the next hour you read 70 pages an hour. If you keep increasing the amount of pages that you read in an hour, even though you may think I'm gonna get more information because I'm increasing it, you're not going to be able to comprehend or understand what you're reading as the pace gets faster and therefore increasing your reading speed may not result in the results that you are looking for. So that's another example. It's very like basic, but it sort of just shows you it's not increasing things does not always lead to increased output or results. And I think that's so important to remember as an instructional designer, as we try mm. to force so much content at people yeah. what does this make us think about because short-term working memory long-term how do we design solutions i think this is a valuable conversation for that as yeah. well as how we work as individuals so i just encourage people working at home to maybe just really take the time now to reflect on what that might look like for you as an instructional designer and the solutions that you create and also to reflect on what you may be doing in your um, own processes and working tasks that are a diminishing return. Mm, definitely. Well, if you think about it with learning solutions, like if you try and train, say, 50 behaviours in the one solution, someone who doesn't understand might think, oh, they're going to be, they're going to have 50 more skills compared to a learner that's only going to learn 10 skills but the learner who's presented with 10 new skills is probably more likely to leave as in a better state than the person who's been pushed 50 skills, like learn these 50 things. They're not going to leave with 50 behaviors. They're going to leave with maybe two because they're like, this is so overwhelming. I'm not even interested in doing this. So it's just another example of, yeah, as an instructional designer, don't just think for them to, for me to reach this goal, I want them to learn these 50 things all at once. And they're going to, have 50 more skills and be the best ever. 
it's not going to happen that way. Think about what's the optimum level of behaviours that they would be able to retain that would result in your increased results or output. Yeah. What's the name of the blog? I know you just finished it, so it'll be published soon, but... Um, it is. In the future. It's called How to Achieve Better Results as an Instructional Designer. That may change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we will put the link in the description, actually. Yeah. So... I would encourage people to read that as well and reflect on this because what you've just said there for me brings up a stakeholder that's like, we need to put this in and we need to put this in and that language and what we've been chatting about might help you guys at home to influence that stakeholder on why we can't just create an hour long course or a, we can't just put a 30 page document into a training and give them all the information. I think this law of diminishing return is the lingo, is the concept you need to understand to be able to influence your stakeholders so that it's not nice to know information, it's need to know. Nice. That was cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All good. Anna, what's your question? My turn? Yeah. Okay, my question is, and it aligns with what we've been talking about I think in this video is I would love to know from you Kim how do you learn new things number one motivation has to be right um, I need to care about it so I think I'm pretty aware of I can't remember everything and I learn things just for the time that I need them to be known a lot of the time if I think about a workshop I'm about to go into with a client I we now have a process a template a format that I apply so I don't know it but an hour before that workshop I will get my head into that space so the motivation there is very high because I got to deliver First of all, I got to do a really good job for the client. I got to do a really good job for my team so that we can create the instructional design, the storyboards, the training solution that comes out and that ultimate goal that we have been engaged to achieve. So motivation is very high. It's also very high because it's about to happen in an hour's time. Now an hour is maybe I'll do it the day before. Don't be stressed. And I'm not running in like what the elevator to a workshop to go, what the hell do I need? <laughs> I'm preparing, but I'm preparing just in Time. If I was to prepare a week before, I'll forget it in the week because so much more comes up. The so motivation has to be right. So what does that look like? Well, it's the outcome that I'm trying to achieve. I'm very clear on that. Is this important to the outcome that I'm going to achieve? Yes or no. And then adjusting like we've been discussing the whole time in this conversation to get there. So once the motivation is right, then I'm ready to learn. I want to learn. Otherwise, I'm not going to learn because you might tell me something and I'm not listening. Or I might be reading a book, which quite often happens, um, and I'm rereading the page again, for example. Motivation's not right. So if the motivation is right, how do I learn? I am constantly thinking of what is the outcome? What is the goal? And what is the practical thing that I need to do differently to achieve that goal? So I'm looking for that in the data. 
which you can listen to in the questions that I ask, for example, in here, um, when we have these conversations, it, the, the questions I ask are me with a goal for myself that I want to learn from you guys. So that's why I ask the specific questions, same for you. So the conversations I have are targeted to help me achieve that goal that I'm motivated to achieve. Um, the things that I listen to, podcasts, the books, all that stuff. And I'm also, for me, I, li like I'm a, I call myself like a dot point kind of person. I don't need the fluff. I need the practical thing to get me as quick as possible in the most efficient way to achieve that goal. Um, and then I experiment. So when I've identified those practical applications, I experiment in the real world. I go into the workshop, I let it play out, and then it happens, I make mistakes, I do things well, I get all this more data through my experimentation, and after it's finished, I reflect what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time. And then I might refine my processes. So for example, if we go back to that workshop example, I might go, that activity didn't work well there or I needed more time. So in the template that I use, I update it. And so the next time, and then I forget, basically, until the next time I need to run that workshop and I go back in and I go, oh, that activity, 20 minutes. I don't even remember probably last time that I said five minutes originally because now I am continuously improving processes for myself and trusting that the process has been created because I've made a mistake in the past. So the current state of the process is me being able to do something to the best of my ability with the knowledge that I have now and just knowing that it's continuous improvement. So I guess that's the four steps, which is motivation, um, practical actions to achieve that end goal that I'm, oh sorry, clear goal, motivation to achieve that goal, which they're probably together, practical application to get there, experiment, reflect, improve. Nice. That was great, thank you. You guys know what yours is? How you learn? Mm, I don't know, but I can probably use some why because actually I struggle to remember things that I learned. You need to look at the goal and motivation and then... <laughs> but I do feel motivated <laughs> about it. I just, my memory's I not. I challenge that though. You might feel motivated, but is the motivation the right motivation? Is it the right time to be motivated about that? Is the goal clear? I think sometimes that can be quite ambiguous. You think about it. Um, I know we always joke about remembering people's names, right? Mm. Why do we forget it? We're not motivated. We actually don't care. And it, it's, it's hard to admit that, but and it doesn't mean we're a bad person, but we're not motivated because, for example, the person's just introduced themselves and something's caught our eye over there that our instinct has gone danger or protection. It might be just someone driving really fast or a loud noise or something like that. So it's taken our motivation over there and it's not in the person's told us their name. Or I'm stressed, I'm in a networking event or I am in a new meeting. And I'm thinking about how I need to deliver to the best of my ability in this moment. Person's name is not important because I can get through the meeting, the workshop, the event, 
without ever mentioning that person's name again. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't care about them as an individual, but the motivation for that data is not important because I can still achieve the outcome, the true goal without it. So I'd be very clear on the motivation and if it aligns to the goal. And I think that we fall down as human beings when they're not aligned. They're not clearly engaged for that specific moment in that specific time. And like, I also, I guess there's like a fog there, right? In terms of motivation. If I go back to you, Victoria, I know that you're motivated and you want to do a good job and you want to be really good. Like you want to be a good employee. You want to contribute. We want to add value. Um, you want to help your team out. You want to help clients want to do the best to your ability. Um, sometimes what can happen is you're saying you want to learn something new and you forget things. The motivation's not right there. That specific one minute component of being a good employee is actually a lower priority because something else along the line is higher priority right now. And what does, what is that? Because I think if you were motivated, you'd learn it. Is there any way to change that? Because for me, the first thing that comes to mind with things I forget is like <laughs> grammar or punctuation things or like that, because there's so many different like things to remember, which I'm thinking now they probably do seem like a lower priority to me, priority to me if you're explaining a project. Like I'm focusing on that. I'm not thinking like, oh, I've got to make sure there's, I remove all those commas or whatever it is. But it's still important and it's still like a part of, achieving the goal because it's a project that's not going to have errors in it but how do you know why your motivation is low there like this is just one perspective mm. but is we have a qa process so at somewhere in the back of your mind is this is going to go for a peer review someone else will pick up on those issues um and this it's okay because that's part of our qa process is to find things like that so you're going to look at them, but you've got multiple things to look at. Without a checklist, you may not remember because you're focused on the higher priority things. For example, is this meeting the learning objective versus is that a comma meant to be there or should it be whatever? So it's lower. And in the back of your mind, you're going, it's okay because there's a process to capture that mistake, that specific spelling mistake or grammar mistake. And by the time it goes to where it needs to be, it will be fixed. So you're not taking full responsibility because there's a, a safety net to support knowing that those things will happen. But, and it would be interesting between, we do a round of QA. Sometimes we do three rounds of QA, right, with a task. Most of the time it's two. The motivation and the frame of mind of someone doing QA round one versus this is the final check before it goes to a client, completely different mindset, right? We have to be clearer on the, uh, the quality before it goes to the client. But when it goes to us, there's acceptance there that mistakes will be picked up. There's acceptance there that 
someone else will find it. I do agree with that, but then I still think like, I don't want you guys to pick up on it. I don't want it to go to you with errors. And every time you do pick up on something at QA, I'm like, crap, we've talked about that before. Like, it's just not sinking in. So I do feel motivated to get it right. Yeah, I'm the same. Vic. Like before then, but it still just doesn't. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> even when I think about being at university, like I loved psychology and I was like hardcore about my study. Like I would not go out, I'd stay up all night. I was full on like remembering every single little thing and sometimes I still wouldn't get the results that I wanted. So to me, it's like my motivation was like hectic. <laughs> but then sometimes I wouldn't get the results I wanted. So part of me is like, I feel like I am motivated sometimes, but I still do struggle to remember things. But doesn't that just go back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation around we can't? learn all the 50 billion things so if you think about i want to get a good uni result or i want to be a good employee and contribute to the best of my ability right within that there are so many different components sub tasks to achieve the ultimate goal but what if you need to meet multiple all of them <laughs> you can't and you're motivated to meet them all but you can't because there's so many but you need to have your checklist your checklist needs to support you right now because you're not able to get there yourself because your brain working memory, what we were talking about can only hold so much. Um, you're learning so much things will fall through the sieve. So you need a checklist to support you because you can't do it all yourself yet. If you are just focused on, if that's my end goal and I know that there's all these things within that and I turned all of those things into a checklist, a mini task per thing, which is what we were talking about earlier, then we could just focus on one at a time. So for example, I need to study, I don't know. Well, it's even like if you think about your degree, right? Yeah. Degree in psychology, within it, statistics, interviewing skills. Um, yeah, yeah counseling blah 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 but yeah. they don't go, hey go learn it all at once they say no study four topics at a time and within those four topics we're going to break it down into three assignments and an exam and we're going to break up the semester and so you're focusing on these topics for the first assignment and then assignment two is going to build on it you know so we're breaking it down into smaller chunks manageable things that eventually become a checklist in some form whether that's like the course outline for example in this scenario or yeah. your own checklist that goes through the QA Vic what you're talking about don't make errors don't produce work with errors it's going to happen but we have things in place a, a checklist for yourself then we have a checklist for the person checking your work and what the focus of that is being motivated for that one item on the checklist in that moment and focusing on nothing else. So that's why when we talk about checking our work, for example, the first run is, does it meet the learning objective? Screen, if I think about our storyboard template. The learning objective of this screen, it's on every screen we develop, is this. Now, is the content on that screen meeting the learning objective? Yes or no, make improvements. I'm not focusing on, is my grammar, my spelling, all that right? I'm just focusing on, does it meet the learning objective? 
Cool. Move on to the next screen. Does the content on this screen meet the learning objective? Don't give crap about the spelling or the grammar. Move on to the next one. Then I've done all of it. I may go through it again to check. And then I'm very comfortable in myself because we've made changes. We might want to check it again, right? And then we go through and then we tick that one item off. Yes, I am comfortable. What you were saying earlier, Hannah, mm -hmm. that I have completed this task and it is to the best of my ability. Mm. I'm ready to move on to the next item in my checklist. It's time for spelling and grammar. I look at that one screen in the whole course. Is the spelling and grammar on this one screen in the whole course where it needs to be? Yes. Next. And within that, if I think about, because we say, oh, there's always the common spelling and grammar mistakes that we make, right? So my item on my checklist might be check the spelling and grammar. What are the things that I need to remember in spelling and grammar? For example, I'm just pulling out stupid things now, but there, there, and there. Which ones, but I need to remember that. Now I might not remember it because it's something I'm learning all the time. Or um, have I used colloquialisms within my course? Are the commas in the right place? Do I need to put full stops instead of an and or a but or an or and break up the sentence? So within spelling and grammar, I have sub tasks. And then I go through the screen one by one. I'm just focused on have I used the word, or you do control F, don't you? There, T-H-E-I-R. Okay, is this control F the right context for that there? Hmm. Next one, work through all three there's, they are, whatever they are. <laughs> then, okay, I'm satisfied. Tick it off my checklist. The next one, I'm focusing on, are my sentences too long? Do I need to put a full stop in and break it down? I'm reading it one by one. So you see, that by breaking down, I want to be a good employee to the best of my ability has so many tasks within it. And then those tasks have so many sub tasks, but without having those clearly marked out for ourselves, we're floundering. It's that overwhelm. We need the checklist to support us. Just like our, our learners need job aids and just in time resources. How does that sit with you? So if you're, and I guess to summarize, is that if we're focusing on one clear goal, and that clear goal is a sub tiny task of the bigger picture, I can do that. I'm motivated only to focus on that. And when I focus on that one, I know that it's achieved and it's ticking off the higher thing. And then I can move on to the sub tiny task and that's contributing. And over time, when I complete them all, I've achieved my higher objective, which I am motivated to do, but I can't possibly remember or action all items and be motivated to complete them because I don't know what they are, because I'm not clear on the sub mini tasks. Well, yeah, it definitely makes sense in theory. <laughs> I'm still like I still just think like the checklist, like even the checklist yeah. themselves oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> can be overwhelming for me. And like, even with what we were saying before about like the reading speed, I think I miss stuff because I read really quickly and my brain, like I automatically put in 
mm. I don't know, missing words or the correct word. Like, so yeah, I find it hard to, even with the checklist, like you still, when, as soon as I start reading, it's like. Do the whisper not... talking, Vic. <laughs> it works. Say no, it out loud. I'll try and read it out loud and I just switch because I'm like, this is taking forever. <laughs> like I can't help, like. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, so, okay, this goes back to, this is planning, right? So when you have your checklist, for example, what you're trying to do there, we just say you're proofreading something, right? So you're reading it really fast. And you also, you've got your checklist and you're reading that really fast because you're trying to achieve your ultimate goal, to, which is probably, um, okay, so if we think about your ultimate goal is I want to be a good contributing employee to the best of my ability. Within that today, I need to deliver this task. You're looking at the time, you're like 30, 30 minutes and I've still got these checklist items to do. So this goes, what we're trying to work on at the moment is you need to put time allocation be beside each of your tasks because then you're giving it priority. So when we think about the whole goal and it's like, I got to finish this task today and then you rush through it, right? And you go proofreading, it's probably right. I'm not gonna put it that significance. I've got all these other things I need to get through. You're not motivated, you're not prioritizing that task. But if you say, I'm gonna give myself 45 minutes to proofread this, and if you skim through it in 10 minutes, well then you go, oh, I've got 35 minutes. Like, and I've said, I'm gonna prioritize and be motivated to complete this task for the full 45. So go spend the time to do it. You're not in a rush because if you plan your tasks and your checklist has clearly allocated times beside each task, then you do prioritize it and it's easier to be motivated to complete it. And if you, then I think if you were looking at your checklist, if I, if we had all the items like listed and um, there was a time allocation against each of them, you would have a clear plan and you would just focus, you'd almost treat that time like a full stop for that checklist item. So it'd be like proofread, I got 45 minutes. Okay, cool. And I'm not seeing anything else in the checklist because I'm focusing on this one thing for 45 minutes. Well, yeah, I'm gonna try and do that. <laughs> it's definitely not how I work at the moment, so. Well, I guess that's the question and this will be what people at home are thinking as well is um, wherever in the world you're watching it, it could be um, <laughs> in a plane. Anyway, um, <laughs> is how detailed do you plan every task that you're about to complete? Mm -hmm. And until you're getting it where there is no feedback or no errors each time, you need to plan that task and have a support resource such as in the form of a checklist. Mm. And over time, you'll need to rely less and less on that checklist for yourself. And over time, it will become habit. But until then, it's okay to spend the time planning the task and having a clear checklist and task allocation time, sorry, allocation for each task. Because you're failing at your overall objective if there are errors or mistakes happening. So you need to support yourself to the best of your ability. There'll be many different forms of that, but I guess that's what I've seen work for me. I've also seen that work better when you guys implement that 
And I've seen that through the learning solutions that we create as well. So to the best of my knowledge, that's the way that works and is effective and gets results. So the question is for everyone and use, do you plan tasks enough so that you minimize errors and mistakes? And if you're not happy, you need to take a step back and think about my goal is to minimize errors and mistakes and to contribute to my higher overarching goal to be a better employee. What do I need to do to close the gap so that that is there? I need to work on that, but I'm do my template, Vic. <laughs> We're both on the same journey. <laughs> the template we discussed earlier, Hannah, and that's where it's come from. So, do you think that, like, I don't know, do you think that would be helpful? Or am I just pushing an, a perspective out there? No, I think it would be because I definitely don't plan as in-depth as what I probably need to in order to not miss stuff, which mm. is evident in what <laughs> the work I produce. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something I need. I just need to remember to start doing it. <laughs> Another thing to remember. And I, like, if I'm responding to an email, I write a plan. Like, I have to get my thoughts out because the email is a small task within many tasks that I need to complete within the day. Also conflicting people chatting at me, unexpected phone calls, other pressures in life coming into play. So I need to be able to compartmentalize and focus at the on the task at hand in that moment. What do I need to do to achieve the goal of that task? Write it down. Even when you guys are talking to me here, you ask me a question and I'm like, okay, well, within that question, it sounds like there's actually three things that you want the answer to. So I need to write them down so that as I'm answering you, I can mark off on my notes here. Okay, I've answered the first part. They still wanted to know about this other thing. I haven't answered that yet. So what does that look like as well? And I'm writing stuff down all the time because I know that I can't hold it within my head. What about you, Hannah, that frown? Can we turn no, I'm just thinking, I'm just processing it because it's something that I'm learning at the moment to do it better. Um, and it's just, I think it is just a new way of thinking and building a habit around doing it. Cause I know in the past, like previous jobs, I'd just get an email and think, what do I need to respond? And I'd respond. So, like I'd never plan what I was going to respond or like if someone asked me a question, I'd just answer them. I wouldn't write down what do I need to do to meet what they're asking. And it, it's a much better way. I can see now that, like you're much more likely to meet your goal and be successful and get better results. It's just around making it a habit because we've been working the way that we have ever since we started working. Like Victoria and I have always just responded in the moment or we've just responded to an email. So I'm just thinking about like that is our learned behavior and it can take time to unbreak that pattern yep. and do something different. So that's what I was thinking. So what would your tips be for unlearning a behavior and breaking a habit? Uh, well, I think putting support resources in place, like that's what I identified for myself because I wasn't able to break my old habits and I was, even though I was motivated, I felt like I would forget or obviously like getting the task done on time or just autopilot happened more often than the new skill. Um, so for me, I thought, how can I keep myself accountable? And that was through creating a template 
that I'm now going to complete for every single task and that template forces me to follow that process until, like you said, I build that habit and it becomes natural for me and I don't need to fill out that template. Yeah. So if we go back to the motivation part, you said you're motivated to complete it, but I, I think there's a, like that, that word has, it's being used in a context that is, I don't think it's quite right. Cause the, if the motivation was there, you would have done things earlier, like for all of us, right? We would, you care maybe to get things right. Like we care but we're not motivated. So I guess the question there to challenge this and to go to kind of like, this is all linked. So we're just coming at it at different angles and we're sticking with it because I think the more we discuss it from different angles, we'll allow something to sink in if people hear mm -hmm. it different ways. Right. So to me, um, you said you, you need to plan something to do the task better, right? That's what I've learned through you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you've, sorry, you've seen the benefits of planning a task to do it, to get a better outcome. Right. So we had a discussion about it and maybe I said, just make a plan, Hannah, make a, like you need to plan every task, right? The next time, did you plan the task? I did, but it wasn't to the extent that you had expected. Okay. And then over time, you've got to this state where you are now, where you've created a, a template to help you plan. And you've made a commitment to yourself that you're going to plan every single task. So they're the two things that you've told us today, right? Yeah. Why did that not happen the first time that there was a discussion around having a plan? Well, I think it was like I had a different understanding of what a plan was. I didn't see it as like that detailed where I had to have the problem, the goal, the individual task listed, the checklist. I saw planning as like just stopping before you start a task and thinking like, what am I doing here and how am I going to do it? And when I did that over time, I noticed the feedback from you and the results from the task wasn't meeting where I wanted it to be. And so it got to the point where I'm like, I think we spoke yesterday and you're like, you need to plan. Like, it's not like you need to plan every single task. And I was like, okay, well, if what I'm doing isn't working and the extent of planning that I'm doing isn't working, I need to have a template that goes super in depth, as in depth as I can get and as specific that I can get. And it's also a way that I can show you that template to ensure that both of our vision of planning is aligned. So what played out there for you? Because, oh, like, I'll give you an example. Um, like, if I, you ask me, how do I learn? Yeah. And so I said, have a clear goal, be motivated, experiment, reflect, improve. And that's what I'm hearing happen for you. Yeah. The goal was, I'm going to plan my tasks. You're motivated because you said it will help you be better. You've seen the benefits. You experimented. You did it on a few tasks. Some tasks you didn't plan for or whatever, right? So you're yeah. experimenting with that in the thing. You're yeah. reflected, it sounds like. And you said, oh, still not where I want it to be. I could do better. So you iterated. And then over time you iterated and you said, 
I need to get more specific. I'm using your language. I need to get more specific, more granular and have an actual template that I use. So from going from plan to a specific template to help you plan came through that experimentation. Yeah. Was there anything else that played out that might be helpful for people to like summarize and contextualize this? I think that's the main thing for now. Hmm. Like probably as well, like not making assumptions. That's something I'm learning. Like with tasks through the planning, it's challenging my assumptions. Um, And I think through making assumptions that can get me into trouble sometimes. So I might think like, I'm trying to think of an example. For example, if I'm QAing a module and there's a video and it has no sound, I'll be like, oh, well, I'll make an assumption that there's not supposed to be sound. So that's all good. And I think through planning your tasks, like I probably need to include that on my template actually to think about the assumptions that I may make and not making those assumptions. Um, And also this could be something else I could add to the template, the risks and consequences. So what action do I, what actions could I take and what risks and consequences are associated with each of those actions? Because I know through project managing projects and that's reasonably new for me. I've done it for a little while, but I don't do it often. Um, Learning that every action you take has a consequence and you need to like figure out what that is before taking that action. So even responding to an email, for example, when a client said, I want to put a hold on that module, let's do it in a month's time or something like that. Me responding and saying, yep, sounds great, all good. Something as simple as that has consequences on the overarching project. So thinking about like through me saying that, what is the consequence or through me trying to get them to continue with the module and finding out why they're wanting to put it on hold, what consequences is that going to have? So I think that's another part of planning as well for me. Yeah. And I think those consequences as well, that's a really good point. I think they should be in there in that template. And the consequences in on a bigger level are tied to our motivation, right? So if, if we go back to the QA example, our motivation doesn't need to be that high because the consequences of a grammar mistake or a spelling mistake or something like that will be captured by a peer in the QA process. Mm-hmm. And we know that we have multiple levels of QA before it goes to the client. Now, if we so the consequences are yep my my peer is going to pick up on that mistake sweet right now what is the consequence of a client picking up on that mistake it's higher right mm. so therefore when i ta- do that task i care more because i am the last door step oh i don't even know what's that <laughs> <laughs> anyway we know what you're saying uh, yeah <laughs> Or because the consequences of Hannah or Victoria finding my mistakes versus a client or a stakeholder finding my mistakes is way higher. Mm. Hannah will turn around and say, Kim, I found this error, but I fixed it for you. I'm like, Thank you. Victoria will be like, I found this error. You're going to, it might have this implication on the rest of this project. Um, I suggest you look into that. I do it. Goes to the client and they're like, Kim, this error, it's not good enough. 
like we won't work with you again. So the consequence is higher. Mm. So then I care more about the task. Mm. How does that play out in other aspects? If I think about performance conversations are a great one. Mm. Errors happen, right? You get the opportunity. Errors happen, basically. Um, but then they happen and someone identify because not all the time do we know that the error has happened right because we're trying to be the best employee to the best of our ability hmm. the error happens someone tells us we get feedback oh you made a mistake there oh thank you okay happens again get feedback again now does the person reflect and go okay this is the second time it's happened why did it happen what do i need to do to improve that so it doesn't happen again try my best experiment it happens it plays out maybe the error is not the same but there's a new consequence as a result of the improvements i've put in someone gives me feedback i have to improve again now if the same error happens over and over and we make no effort to improve it what does that look like it looks like a hard conversation with your boss it looks like um we've spoken about this multiple times now you're going to have to be put on a performance plan. This is not acceptable. You're not meeting your role statement. Over time, what does that look like? You can get fired. That's if like they follow those processes. Someone else might just go, you're fired. It's not acceptable. They're obviously depending on the consequences and things that play out. But if you know, okay, so boss says, you've made this error multiple times. Cool. I'm really sorry. It's not going to happen again. It happens again, right? Um, because we don't want it to happen again, but life happens. So the error happens. I've said, it's not going to happen again. Boss pulls you into the office. That error you said, that's not going to happen again, happened. Now I need to put you on a formal performance improvement plan. Suddenly you actually will not make that error again if you actually care about being a good employee. And it might be the last time that you ever need to have that discussion with your boss because you don't make that error again because you don't want to be on a performance improvement plan. The consequences are higher. What does that performance improvement plan mean for me? What does that mean for my reputation? What are people going to think? What does that mean for, you know, if it does escalate? Because if I don't rectify according, I'm just making it up, but according to the performance improvement plan, it says if you don't rectify this within three weeks, you can get fired because you're not meeting performance expectations. Shit, I don't want to lose my job. So suddenly that commitment, that motivation is really high because the consequence for me to be motivated to achieve and not have that consequence play out or for it to play out in the way that is the best way for it to happen. Yeah, I care. So I'm highly motivated versus, oh, my boss will just tell me again if I make the mistake. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I guess it makes me think of like the emotion. You know how we say you have to experience things sometimes to learn things and experience emotions. Um, and I'm hoping like, because our conversation yesterday, I was annoyed. Like I was even saying to Victoria, I'm like, I'm so annoyed at myself and I'm not planning tasks properly. Um, so I'm hoping that emotional reaction that I had results in the behavior change. Like I have the template, but I also think that emotional reaction could contribute to it as well. 
And I think like that does happen. That's what we try to do in learning as well. Like mm -hmm. all of this stuff is like, we're using this one example, but like it's so transferable to how we create learning, how we are as employees, all that kind of stuff, how we are as human beings in the world is that if the emotion is there for the person, that's when the motivation is high. Mm. So that's why we start with why <laughs> at the start of learning, because we want that emotion to be there so mm. they pay attention to the rest of the learning. And that's why a lot of the time, like I know you got a blog on the animation structure mm. and I think it's um, like, it starts with why, but then it's like, it talks about like the impact what are the consequences if you don't care or contribute to help us achieve this why? That's why that's there. That's why you have identified that as the process for how that script should be structured in the way that it is. Because mm. we need that motivation to be high. So the emotional connection is there. So they change behavior. What do you think, Vic? Um... I don't know. I'm trying to process it all because I still, <laughs> I still think even like with the motivation thing, if there is a grammar mistake and you pick it up, Kim, I think I do go through, like I go through the emotional thing of like, like you just say, we've spoken about this before. You need to like <laughs> work on this kind of thing. But in my head, I'm thinking like, I've done a crap job at this. I need to like sort it out. Otherwise, <laughs> Kim's not going to like want to keep me employed. Like I go through that. <laughs> That's what, and I'm like, I can't like keep doing it, but it still doesn't always like translate into me not making that same mistake again. Yeah. I feel that. Even I think that, but maybe because it is not actually happening. It is just you saying like, basically maybe I need to go on a performance plan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare some so performance plans for us. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think that I don't just think like, oh, it's all right. Kim's picked it up. Like luckily. But, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm still like, shit, like. I know that you're there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, this is all tied in and I'm, it sounds like for me, I'm not communicating it effectively and I don't know how to communicate it. Um, in a different way now so I'm more threatening I think <laughs> <laughs> more um, threatening. More aggression no but there is a, like the way you say it is how it should be said I just don't know why it's like it's how I work I think not oh no sorry I meant not that specific example I mean this whole conversation I don't know how to um say it a different way to communicate it so that it's sinking in um, or so that I'm communicating what is making sense in my head. I don't know how to get that across right now. So I probably need to. And this is the point I was going to make. I need to pause and I need to make a plan to communicate it in a different way so that you receive what I'm actually intending to communicate to you. And what I would say to you there, this is all looping back and the conversation is just going round and round, is that, yes, you are motivated and you care what you're not doing is creating the space after that we use the grammar example i say well, i was gonna be like don't make that mistake again and you're like okay i won't and then all that stuff plays through your head where you're like fuck like let it down, da, 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 and that emotional stuff is there but you don't create the space to make a plan to support yourself to help you in the next 
find that, that you need mm -hmm. to undertake that task. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I need to plan it for sure. <laughs> and creating the space, which then summarizes again, goal, motivation, experiment, get feedback, reflect, improve. Yeah. So <laughs> this whole conversation is like very intertwined. <laughs> well planned. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that helps, but that's like, if we think about what's playing out in this conversation, mm -hmm. there's steps being missed basically. And the step yeah. for you in this example is the you get the feedback, but you're not reflecting and making the improvement in the way that best supports you. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it'll be good to start using that template for sure. Woohoo. <laughs> It's a great template to the people that watch this. Um, that has added value or made you think about things. I think it's, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. I don't know how to communicate it um, differently though. So I don't know if it's actually adding value, but I'm sure there's one thing that has resonated and will change performance of all of us. Because I know I've learned something from this and the people watching mm. as well. Do we want to move on from this topic? Yeah, I think it was good. Yeah. What about, okay, let's reflect then if we're going to practice what we preach, reflect on the conversation and what is the improvement you're going to put in place for yourselves. So Victoria, you've said you're going to plan, but if we mm -hmm. just learn from Hannah's lesson, planning, she got to a place where her plan, became more specific through her yeah. experimentation. So you might want to think about your plan being more specific than just, I'm going to plan. So mm -hmm. what do the specifics of that plan look like? Cause that's the thing we get to learn from each other's um, improvements. Yeah. Well, I think it will definitely be using the template, whether or not I use it exactly, or if that's like my basis for things, mm -hmm. but yeah, like really breaking things down into like the mini tasks. And making sure it's actually meeting the end goal instead of trying to skip from the like the overall task to the goal and not knowing like quite how to get there to achieve everything. And I think the other thing is because I do have like the initial reflection when I receive feedback and I'm like, shit, I need to do a better job. But then there is a gap between the day I receive that feedback and feel like <laughs> an idiot, like I've stopped everything up. Like there's a break between that and when I do another task like that. And by then it's like, oh yeah, like I'm back in the same habit kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, I think I need to figure out a way to like, it will be a process thing, I think, figure out a way that it's not something that gets forgotten between me doing one QA to a next or whatever the task is like reflect on it in the moment, make notes of what my plan needs to include specifically on top of whatever, like the normal QA process is like, what have I actually missed that maybe I need to add to my QA process. So I don't miss a comma or whatever it is, like reflect on that in the moment and make the change to the plan then. So it's ready for next time. And I don't have that chance to. Yeah. To let me know if you come up with anything thick <laughs> with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the main thing me 
Um, so, because I, with what you were talking about, Vic, like, I have a thing in Milanote, because I've been trying to figure that out as well, because I feel like I get lots of feedback and I don't know how to organise it all and remember it when it's, like, in the moment where I actually have to use it. So, this is what I have so far, but I'm not sure if it's the most effective way of doing it, but I have, like, a remember note in Milanote and it's got, like, general. So, for example, Y-O-U-R. So, your is a keyword and it should be capitalised in all titles. Yeah. Um, for YouTube, I've got if a video doesn't deserve to sit in a playlist, don't tick one. So I have different titles like general YouTube buffer. And yeah. if Kim tells me something, I put it under that category. Um, so I'm thinking that could be a way that you could do mm. it. But let me know if you think of anything better. Because I, yeah, whatever task I do, I have a look at that list and just see if anything's relevant to the yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll keep you guys updated. you have a reflection and thing you want to improve on based on this conversation that we've had, Hannah? Um, I think it is just focusing on the plan at the moment. Yeah, yeah you're in experiment time, actually. Like, yeah. you've done your reflection and your improvement, yeah. and now it's time to experiment. Yeah. yeah, I want to focus on that. I don't want to get confused yeah. with anything else. Yeah. <laughs> That's my plan. For me, I, there's a lot of stuff going through my head, so I don't have a clear. So I and I'm a I take time to process things. Mm. Um, so I need to basically after this conversation, I'm gonna just sit and reflect and see what comes up for the thing that I need to improve. Because at the moment, I'm swimming with what we've been chatting about, mm. and there's a few things, but I need to figure out which one I'm is higher priority and I'm motivated. I'm not sure the answer. It would take me like too long for you to like sit and wait for me to come with that realization right now um, so I'll pause on that um did you have it did anyone okay so we'll whew, that was very meaty <laughs> that was good thank you for being vulnerable and sharing because I think there's a lot of things that people can get from the insights and the things that you're working on um, to be able to share with others and being so open about your own learning journey and what you're trying to put in place. So, Anytime. <laughs> and also like you guys like are amazing and you just hold very high standards for yourselves and you're trying to be the best in all avenues. And I think that your performance is already like a high standard. You guys just are back to, if we talk about that kind of perfectionism type thing, you hold yourselves to a higher, so you're already fucking epic. But you're one, to, in my eyes anyway, because it's all perceived, but whatever that looks like for you, you're trying to take it next level. So you're trying to fix things that are up here that are already like, you're meeting my expectations if I say it anyway, so. Thanks. <laughs> Do we have any other questions? Okay. No. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, team. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks everyone for watching Studio Insights with Bell Vista Studios. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode and um, what value it brought to you. Like if you think about 
you know, the reflection and the things that you're going to improve, let us know what that is for you that was stimulated from the conversation that we've had. If this will add value to anyone in your world, please share it. And thanks for watching. Have an awesome day.